All right, here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back. Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 143, I think. Um, so for the newbies, Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom, that's you, and a logical and practical dad, that's me. We have three daughters, age 5, 8, and 10, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. Why, that that why would you... be 6, 8, and 10, my love. Oh, oops. Sorry, Scott. Our daughter turns 6 this weekend. So here's our topics for the week. Um, we're going to talk about if uh, one of you, if you and your partner, if one of them travels a lot, we're going to talk a little bit about the adjustment period, both when they're missing and then when they get back. Yeah, I, I have so many interesting thoughts about that because I talk to so many moms whose husbands travel for work and you travel for work. I do. So I have much personal experience. Um, we're also going to play some clips from a Louis C.K. thing on Coco.com. That's um, Team Coco. That's Conan's It thing. was him on Conan O'Brien talking about feelings. Right. So I got some clips queued up for that, too. We might talk about some other things, but I don't want to make any we false got, promises. We got a full schedule. So let's first talk about uh, re-entry into your your day-to-day life if you've been gone for a week. Okay. Because this just happened to us. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and you're, you're saying gone for a week when really... You most of the time travel two or three days, right. sometimes just one day, right. um, and there's a reentry period even with that. So the biggest time you're gone is for your convention, which is seven days, and I have a lot of friends whose husbands travel for weeks, Yeah, and we also have the, the Or extreme. they're gone every week for four for days. For four days. Yeah, and that's just part of their life. Or there are, we can take this to the extreme, but I think, I think there's some universal principles of military um, husbands or wives who mm-hmm. are gone for... Months, years. Right. Yeah. So there's a broad spectrum. Right. And um, my friend Brian, when I saw him at convention, he said, you should talk about this because I think uh, my wife and I have uh, some adjustments and I don't know if we're going to get it. I completely resonated with it because like I said, even, and I know that certain spouses might laugh when say, even if I'm gone a day, there is still kind of an, not an awkwardness. I don't know what the word is, but. Well, there's a, uh, a maintaining, again, I see it visually, like when you're kind of in alignment, you're walking together, you're doing, you're, you got a rhythm. Right. And when you go away for a full day or two days or seven days, the rhythm is disturbed right. and you can't just jump right back in. You have to ease your way into the rhythm. Right. And I don't think we're very good. I don't think I'm very good at that. Well, um, for example, okay. I was gone for a week. I yeah. came back and I picked up right where I left off. How'd you how'd you handle that one? Well, and let me define what that means. Picked up right where you left off, because some may think that that means you jumped right back in and did all these things, right? But what you did is you jumped in and you were just as busy as you always are. So, so just to set the stage, so Todd left for a week, and actually the week was pretty mellow. A lot of times when you've traveled, we've had issue, you know, a crisis something here. Happens, There's something happens, right. but nothing like that happened. But Todd got home, and I feel like the first words out of his mouth is, I have to get this done. I have to make this phone call. I have to jump back into work. And he didn't have an understanding of that I had been waiting mm-hmm. for him to come home So, because I had put everything on you hold. You put your um, professional life, among other things. Among other things, besides all the pickups. And actually, that was the day I forgot to pick up Skylar. Right. So, which is, a, I wrote a blog about uh, for the first time in my uh, career as a mother, I forgot to pick up really forgot. I don't mean I was late. I've been late a million times. Right. I really forgot. And Todd 
interestingly enough, I was just saved coming the day. home and they called me and I picked her up, but she was crying and mad. We can actually talk about that too. Yeah, because I wrote about it. But let's not get sidetracked okay. on this first. So anyway, so you jump back in and what what was going on? I could almost tell on the phone, Todd, the day before when we talked that that was going to happen mm-hmm. because there was no like, and, and this is not about. So when you say that was going to happen, can you describe to the audience what you mean? I could tell that you were in your head. My work mode. And that you had a million things you needed to do and that you were not conscious of what I was doing or your children were doing. Right. You were only conscious of what you needed to get done. Correct. And I could tell on our phone call, or maybe it was through text, that you were already making plans to show the apartment when you got back. Mm-hmm. You were already making plans, even something like Skylar's video for mm-hmm. her birthday. You were like, I got to get that done. And I'm like, okay, hello. Mm-hmm. You know, like the ease back in is, okay, I'm home. Of course you still have work to do. Right. I'm not in denial that you just can drop everything. But I, I, you were not acknowledging what we were doing. And I will uh, take responsibility for the lack of my acknowledgement of you being on continuous for seven days and just like everything that goes on within a seven-day period within our family. I mean, it's a huge thing and you um, basically were on the whole time. Right. Um, having said that, the one thing that um, I struggled with is um, when I was at my convention, everything keeps going like things I would normally do when I'm home totally stopped. So I was gone for a week and I had all these different other responsibilities. And I know that my first responsibility needs to be with my family and make sure that you guys are okay. But I struggled with, um, putting that aside and just, so I just, how to balance that. I dove right into all the things on my to-do list instead of taking a breath helping out, whatever, because basically we just jump back into how we normally would have done it. And that's not necessarily the best course of action. Well, and that's, that is the, you just pulled up what the issue is here is prioritization and priorities and the fact that you have an addiction to productivity and to doing, and that when you come home, your first instinct is I got to be productive in all these other areas of my life. And you miss the emotional element of I've been gone how was everybody doing? And it's not like you didn't ask how we were doing. There was hugs and kisses and love, but there was a sense of you didn't have an understanding of that. A lot of things had happened while you were gone. Nothing bad, but what's going on with you, Kathy? Do you need, like, you know me, give me an hour and I'm happy. But there was no sense of what kind of work have you put on hold? What And and it doesn't really I didn't ask those questions. And the thing is is your and my situation is unique is because I I do work from home and I am working part-time. But there are plenty of stay-at-home moms that maybe they don't have a quote-unquote job where they're earning money somewhere else, but they need a break just as much. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear when I say that because when you are it's a brain thing like where you are holding everything inside of um all the pickups everything you have to do all the details taking care of all the children you don't get a break middle of the night people are crawling in bed with you you don't get a break and you need every once in a while especially when you have a traveling spouse support you mm-hmm. need someone to say you know what you're still we're both here but i'm the one who's on so if you need to go somewhere, go ahead, even if it's for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. The lack of acknowledgement is a lack of validation of what your spouse is doing. Right. And and throw on top of that, I, I don't know about you, I'm not really good at, I like, we did FaceTime. Yes. Which is kind of cool because now I you don't need to be connected to Wi-Fi to do FaceTime. I think before you had to be connected to Wi-Fi, but now you could be at a restaurant and get Wi-Fi. So that's right. kind of a cool thing. But I'm just not really good at 
catching up with you when I'm gone. Yes. Just because I know when I call you at 8.30 at night, that's the first time you've had a chance. By myself, yeah. By yourself. So yeah. the last thing you want to do is regurgitate everything that happened that day. So I, and maybe I'm projecting this on you, but I don't think you like doing that. I think you'd rather be watching TV or working and not rehashing the whole day with me on the phone. Is well, that safe? I think you and I are similar in that way, which is interesting, is we're not like big phone conversation no. people. I'm the same way with my friends. Like I just, I'm a fi- I'm per- I'm face-to-face person. Right. When I am with you, I'm so engaged and I want to know, you know, I want to know everything I want. But on the phone, there's this element of if we have to do it that way, I will. And we did FaceTime. but. Right. Like you said, I agree with you. I don't. I don't feel like you're not calling enough so, or anything. Because it really, during the day, I'm working with customers, and you're not. You're busy anyway. Like right. it sucks. I'm in flow. Th- I there's don't no have... good resolution to that. It's so interesting that we're saying this because we're we're taping the show right now. And Todd called me and said, "Where are you? We got to start." And you know what I did is I got coffee and I sat on a bench and called three people that I've been needing to call for a month, mm-hmm. and I was like. I I was as I was working out all I could think about is what are my priorities who are the people that I really like what's more important running on to the next detail of my life or sitting down and calling people I love so that was something that it, I'm trying to practice what I believe right. you know and so with that said um you know I kind of got away from what you were saying. Well, um, I want to talk real quick about priorities too, okay. because this kind of the adjustment after I got back led to a further discussion: yeah. is um, you're busy, I'm busy, I'm ridiculously busy, and everything that I do, like I'm not going out drinking, I'm not doing no. all these terrible things as a bad husband or bad dad. I'm a good dad, and I can say that with confidence. You're very, you do a lot. Ninety nine percent of my of my life is bettering either our financial house or emotional house or our relationship or my relationship with my daughters or my work or whatever. It's all important stuff that has value. But the bottom line is there is something that has been getting missed. And there's times when I feel like, oh my God, I'm letting life pass me by because Mm. I am so darn busy. So you said, Todd, all of the stuff that you do is very important. So because me, sometimes when I'm in a, in a negative space, I'll be like, well, what do you want me to right. cut out? Right. Because it's all like I'm on the board of the preschool. Like it's all important you're, right. stuff. It, it's all in an effort to better. And you're really good at communicating to me, this is all good, important stuff. Right. Having said that, there we need to we need to be better at managing our time. And there are certain hard decisions that need to be made. And we are working towards a pretty big decision of me cutting out something very significant out of my yeah, life. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, come to grips with that. And I don't even know if I should say what it is or not. We'll just wait on it. It's just something that consumes a lot of my time up. And I've always had this vision of, of you know, I'll say it. I, I, we own and manage these apartment buildings. Right. And we are uh, seriously considering selling them, even though I have had in my mind that this is going to be our retirement. And, that, and what's so interesting about this conversation, first of all, I want you to find a train sound. Do you have any, like, trains barreling down the tracks? I could try to find it, but well, keep talking. As I'm talking, I since Todd has bought these buildings and gosh, he bought them even before JC was born and he, he's so good at it and he's a good real estate investor and he's a great manager. But at the same time, 
as his wife, I watch it drain him and take up his time and take his energy and take him from a good mood to a more somber mood. And every time I would ask him, why don't we just not do this? He'd say, this is our retirement. This is our, this is so important to our finances. And what we realized after a talk with a friend this weekend and over a million talks, this was just every talk has led up to this final talk, is that if you are living your life in a way that all you're thinking about is I am doing this for 30 years from now, then every day you're living, you're not really living. I know. And the thing is, is you and I have all these great aspirations and dreams for what we could do together right. to help um, parents and to help children. Why don't we... Why don't we invest in ourselves right. and see where that takes us? Why don't we like, what's that word where you depend on yourself to do it rather than an apartment building and real estate and cap rates? Mm-hmm. We have no control over that. Right. But we... Right. I'm playing a game that other, like, I feel like, what are we good at? I feel like we're good at communicating and, and having discussions that help other people and, and all the, the BU and, and teaching right. and all that. Whereas a whole bunch of my time is consumed doing something that... I'm kind of good at, but also make a lot, a lot of mistakes, and I, um, and it drains me emotionally. My time it, it drains me. And you know what? You know what the bottom line is, Todd. It's an old part of you. When we were in our twenties and thirties, you learned what? all about real estate. Right. Thank God, because it w- it enabled us to do come where we are now. But you have been unable to let go of it because right. you have got in your head somewhere deep down that this is what you must do to make money, and this is what people do to make money. And all, like you said, and you were very vulnerable in saying this, what is everyone else going to think about this choice? Right? Because if I sell this, will people think I made a poor business decision? It's a total. It was. It's an. It's been a continuous um, perception, or my ego has controlled me. Like the only way that you're ever going to sell those buildings is if you make a lot of money, right? And then I can tell everybody, how oh, much look money, how much money right. I made. So then you, then all your blood, sweat, and tears can be quote unquote worth worthy. Because I can't. Like once again, I have a hard time doing this and say we make no money or say we lose money, whatever it is, it's my ego is going to be like, oh, you just wasted the last seven years of your life managing those buildings. So I'm slowly coming to terms with that. But the bottom line is um, we have an apartment building for sale. So go ahead and... (laughs) Go ahead. Send <laughs> so we're using this as our zenparentingradio.com if you want to buy them. Well, and that's the other thing is I will. S- that's Todd. The the train going down the track, and he will keep going, and he will plow through every what's it called? Not not crosswalk, but every train stop, and keep going unless somebody stands in front of the train and says, "Slow down." And, and somebody, because I love him and he's my husband, is usually me. <laughs> This is supposed to be steam train crash, but... Sounds like a roller coaster. And you know what? I don't want to crash. It's a bad one. No, I know. I thought that'd be funny, but I wanted it to crash, but it didn't crash. Well, and you know, that's that's the thing. Um, so that's the bottom line. So, but... What I do want to say is your blood, sweat, and tears haven't been for any for nothing because you have made these buildings quadruple of what they used to be. You've been an excellent manager. You've treated people well. You've changed some of your tenants' lives. Mm-hmm. How is that a waste? And... That's living in the past. That's saying that somehow something that happened yesterday needs to somehow do something for today, and that's not being present. Well, and to give it some perspective, you have been encouraging me once every year or so to reconsider, is this the best idea for us? And you have allowed me to continue to you know, run with this, no, this is going to be our retirement, even though my guess is you 100% were against it. Uh-huh. So for those partners out there that um, know that they're... Sp- their significant other is making a mistake 
go ahead and let them make the mistake. Exactly. Or if I can use a, a different word, because Todd's word is right, and some people may hear that, but it's not so much about making a mistake. I knew that it was zapping Todd. I knew it. I wasn't worried about it being our future. Right. Meaning, because I feel like we create our future every moment. So I'm not depending on this building to pay for my retirement. I knew that I didn't like to see him overwhelmed, but I also knew that Todd is a grown man. Mm-hmm. He is not mine. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to choose to use his time that way- Even then- at the detriment of our family. That's what's interesting. Well, Because if you would have said, Todd, we're going to get a divorce unless you sell these buildings. I mean, you would never say that. I would that. never do that. But, but you, if you would have uh, imposed your values or your decision-making on something that I felt that, no, we have to do this- it wouldn't have turned out good. No. You had to let me figure this out for myself with, right. with some help. T- totally. We had some support along the way. Two things that I think about when you say that. Number one is, like you said, I think more than once a year, I brought it up to you. So it's not just about standing back and not saying, you reminded I still said me it. or whatever. Right. And I didn't say, hey, Todd, do this. I said, let me tell you how I feel about it, right. which is very different than telling you what to do. Right. I would never, I just said, I don't like being connected to it. I don't like what it does to you. And I don't even take ownership. I would always say Todd's Buildings, right. even though my name's on the dotted line too. Right. And so m- my point in, in telling you that is it doesn't mean you shut up and don't do anything. I mm-hmm. still spoke what I needed to speak or else I would have exploded. The second thing is, is my, my favorite Maya Angelou quote. I have so many favorites, but love liberates. Love doesn't bind. Love doesn't tell the other person they love what to do. Love doesn't say you need to do this or be that. Love allows that person to be who they are. And you do that with me mm-hmm. all the time. And that's what we try and do with our kids. Not do this, do that, but be who you are and I will liberate you. And so if and now that we have like this nice, and it's not even closed because this is just a first step. Right. But now that we can have this discussion with somewhat of an agreement, you can look at it with that view. Well, and the easiest way that, uh, you know, I've known all these things for so long. I just needed a lot of time to have this realization. The bottom line is, you know, it's funny because... I know anybody who's in their 50s or 60s are going to laugh at this, but, you know, I'm 41. Like, I'm no longer 22 years old. Right. And I don't want to spend time doing things that I can't stand. Right. And when the apartment buildings aren't going well and I have a tenant complaining to me about whatever, I can't stand it. That's right. So I would much rather dedicate my time to something different, whether it's Zen Parenting Radio or JVI or spending an afternoon with my daughters right. instead of showing the stupid apartment buildings. I actually said to Todd, uh, as we were having the discussion, I wish you would sit and watch, watch football on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be happy to see you sit down and watch football because he's been so engrossed in every aspect of all of his 58 jobs that I just don't see him relax mm. and everything is controlled and planned. And and so that's the thing is it's not just about you freeing up space and then going and doing your other jobs bigger. It's about freeing up space and actually enjoying. So I'm looking forward to it. So um, I first want to talk about our first partner, Helping Hands Made Services. They came in and cleaned our carpets and it's we're awesome. actually looking at it right now. They did an amazing job. Roger is the technician that comes in, completely professional. Very very nice guy. And it was fun watching all the dirty water come out of our carpets. <laughs> and I'd be like, can we see that dirty water again? And he showed me the sock, by Did the he? way. And it, uh, it, was, it wasn't it was that bad. He said, we had a big, full, dirty sock. It's kind of hard to explain. It's like the filter. It's of, the filter. It catches all the crap. But it was pretty full. But he said when he goes into people's homes who have pets, mm-hmm. he'll fill up eight of those socks mm-hmm. because the hair gets in great. So it was bad. but And we have Greeley, but he's he doesn't live down here. So Helping Hands Made Services, uh, life is too short to 
clean your own home, you deserve free time. There so, you go. That um, $25 off your first surface if you mention Zen Parenting Radio and $50 off carpet cleaning and a one-year stain removal. Uh, their phone number is 630-530-1324. And as long as we're moving along, I want to talk about Tree of Life. Um, Dr. Kelly, she is our chiropractor, mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten adjusted in about two weeks. And it might be showing up. Maybe it's showing up. Maybe because you, you've been tired. That's right. So it's chirotree.com, 630-941-8733. If you live in the Chicagoland area, please check them out. Um, healthy families by choice. Not by chance. Um, all right. So do you want to uh, complete this discussion before we move on to Louis well, C.K.? can I just... Oh, I wanna... first I want to do my my movie line. Oh, okay. How far are you going? St. Louis, how far are you going? <laughs> to the end of this fence. Damn, these glasses, son. Yes, sir. I, I damn me. Oh, my gosh. Um, The Jerk. All right. One of the best movies in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it reminds me of my childhood, which probably isn't appropriate. Well, I know we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about technology and telephones because that's what Louis C.K. is. So I tried to Google that line. The new telephone books are in the new telephone, right. but I couldn't I'm find it. Somebody. Right. Um, I want to round because I feel like we kind of just ended up talking about you and I, which, you know, whatever. That's our show. Hmm. But I wanted to um, say to the spouses who travel who come home because we were trying to yeah, say what can, about reintegration. What can we help them with? I would say that be conscious of the fact that as busy as you you've been and as overwhelmed as you've been and as much work as you're doing and you're you know maybe bringing in a paycheck and all that stuff that's all real and true but at the same time there are people at home who have been working really hard too Mm -hmm. and when you reintegrate you have to be conscious of the fact that maybe you'll you may have a story in your head that i work harder mine's more difficult but that's a big story Mm -hmm. everybody's working hard and if you can validate that your spouse has been missing you and working hard if you can validate that your children have been missing you Mm -hmm. if you can plan to come home and to not go into work mode again and to just kind of leave some open space, even if it's a couple hours, I'm not talking about days here, Mm -hmm. that will go so far. When you don't acknowledge or when you just talk about how overwhelmed you are, we already know. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're living it. And I think that would be that's just one little step. I mean, we could do a whole sh- show on this. No, and I think, but uh, I completely agree with you, but to turn the tables on Please. that, um, just because we're out of the house doesn't mean we're screwing around, having fun, having cocktails with customers right. at seven o'clock. And even if we are, that doesn't even mean we want to be doing right. that. Good point. I would rather be at home with you guys. So right. the validation needs to go both ways. You are so right because especially when JC was a baby, I would say things like, well, you get to go out to lunch. I don't get to go out to lunch. You'd be like, I'm going out to lunch with customers. It's not like I'm, you know, it's not like I'm having a party. Right. And yeah, I remember that was uh, especially, um, Poignant is that a word? Poignant, mm-hmm. poignant. Uh, when there's babies around, because yes. when there's babies around, life is very, very challenging. Because our viewpoint when we have young children is we're completely trapped, right. and you're out having lunch or going to a Bulls game or doing something that we're like, oh my gosh, we would give our left foot to do that. Right. I don't know if I'd really give my left foot, hmm. but I would want to do your that. Right foot? I wouldn't give my right, but I would. But it seems so fun compared to being stuck in my yoga pants all day, haven't showered, and I haven't slept. Right. So. So it's not about who has it worse. Mm. It's understanding why I think that, and I have to respect that you are doing work even when you're at a lunch. And that's very hard when emotions are high, but I think that's why we talk about these things when emotions are low. Because if you try and have this discussion when you're angry, it's hard. If we would have had this discussion the day I got back, it would probably not have gone as well. Right. And and what happened to me, which is what I tend to do, is um, when I have a hard time saying what I'm feeling, I get a headache, and I shut down. And that's what 
happen. Right. And usually, and now when I get a headache, I look at it as a small, I don't enjoy it, but as a small gift or reminder to speak up. Mm-hmm. So I did. All right. Good job, all sweetie. Right. Well, all good right. job to you too. So thanks for all you do. Cause I know you don't like to go away for seven days. And so I, I know that and I appreciate it. In the words of Sam Malone, ditto. <laughs> Not Sam Malone. That's from Ghost. No, Sam Malone. Remember Sam and Diane? And oh, yeah, they're right. trying to come up with the poem of how they feel about each other. Right. And Diane has this wonderfully this long big soliloquy, thing, right? And he didn't prepare anything. <laughs> so he just said ditto. Sam Malone. You know, I named my iguana Sam after Sam Malone. Really? I did. I was so into Cheers at the time when I got a, a Sam. I was like 22. And because it was on, you know, Channel 9 all the time. So I named Whenever my... anybody talks about the best TV shows of all time, Seinfeld's always up there because it is. Right. But I feel like Cheers should be on that radar too. Cheers is the best. Better than Seinfeld? Um, no, it, I put them next to each other. No, meaning you can't. There's you different... got to discriminate. I d- no, I don't. Yes, you do. I do not. I'm I just a... like to say top 10 and then they just all kind of get in there. And you put 30 people in your top 10? Yeah, I do because they all deserve to be there. So Louis C.K. had this thing that kind of went sem- not viral. Kind of viral. So we saw it a lot on Facebook. And people emailed us and said, will you talk about this on the show? And we're like, Perfect. one step ahead of you. So I have three different clips here. So just bear with me. And I don't know if we should play we, Let's not Won't play you... in black. Back to back to back. No, just play the first right, one. So here we go. But no, some parents really struggle with like all the other kids have the the terrible things. So my kid has to. Yeah, let's let you know. Let your kid go and be a better example to the kids. They doesn't just because the other stupid kids have phones doesn't mean that okay. Well, my kid has to be stupid, otherwise she'll feel weird. Right. You know, I, I think these things are toxic. I don't, especially for kids. It's just this thing. It's bad, and right. they they don't look at people when they talk to them, and they don't build the empathy. You know, kids are mean, and it's because they're trying it out. They they look at a kid and they go, "You're fat," and then they see the kid's face scrunch up, and they go, "Ooh, that doesn't feel good to make a person do that." Right. But they but they got to start with doing the mean thing. But when they write, "You're fat," then they just go, "Hmm, that was fun. I like that." <laughs> All right. So what's your first take on that? Well, first of all, that he's a hundred thousand percent correct in that the that kids, uh, you know, he's being a comedian and being very blunt and saying kids are mean. What I agree with is I don't necessarily think kids are mean, but I do think kids have to try out mean behavior. Mm -hmm. They have to. A kid who's two has to hit. A kid who's, you know, in fourth or fifth grade has to turn against a friend. And these are things that we don't like to to discuss or or look at but the truth is is it's very normal and like he said when you're face to face with someone and you feel you you feel the energy of what your words just caused you if you have an open heart at all mm-hmm. you say oof i don't want to do that again like one of my own personal experiences which i'm not going to go into from 5th grade i still hold in my head because i saw the girl's face right. when i said something mean and i've never forgotten it but like he said through texts and social networking there is no repercussions there's a, de- there's a detachment there's a complete detachment you have no idea the negativity you're putting into the world. So not only do we have to discuss that, we need to have our kids have access to those things when they're emotionally ready to understand right. the effect. Right. So Well, and I, I would say that I, first of all, I'm guilty of uh, being addicted to my phone. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's a whole spectrum there, but I certainly have an addiction to my phone. I think I do too. I got to be honest. And, um, but having said that, I, I, I have seen... I know what he's talking about when you see little kids, like they don't even look at you. Oh, totally. They're, you know, you say, hey, look at, you know, here's my friend Mike. That's and right. 
I'm just making this up, but maybe JC would not even look up. Right. Because she's texting her friend or she's playing a game. And she doesn't really have a phone. Right. No, I'm I'm just making it up. But that is a pet peeve of mine. Totally. But it's funny. I grew up without cell phones. So I know when somebody is introducing somebody to, you know, then you you look at them and you shake their hand. And these kids have their phone with them all the time. And they they don't understand the common courtesies that go with looking at somebody when you're in a conversation and with they don't them. understand what they're missing and i think that's the thing is sometimes we say things like these broad things like i blame technology or it's the media or that's the way the world is the world is created by people mm-hmm. meaning more than that nature yeah. obviously you know i have a metaphysical you know a universal perspective but what i mean is that we create our own realities so when we sit there and we blame the technology we have a choice whether or not to purchase that che- right. technology we have a choice whether or not to say something like the kids my my girls will jump in the car and say mom can i have your phone and i'll say no not right now. Right. That the end of Done. story. Done. Or and we will create or carve out time, or they choose thirty minutes of time to be on technology. Right. Technology does not need to be demonized mm-hmm. because this is going to be their future. Right. But they have to have an understanding of balance mm-hmm. with it. Agreed. And having said that, I am so guilty of that. You have no idea how often I'm having a conversation with one of my daughters while I'm trying to do something on the phone. Yeah, for sure. So I ask us all to look in the mirror. When saying, oh, these kids, they don't understand things these days, I am just as guilty. And I think a lot of us are. And you know what the most annoying thing is, is I see a lot of moms who will be trying to ask their child about their day. Mm -hmm. And they'll be saying, so how was your day? Mm -hmm. And they'll be texting Mm -hmm. or looking at social networking and that child won't respond. And they'll be like, you know, how was your day? You didn't tell me anything. That kid knows you're not listening to them. He he or she knows and they feel it. And you think you're doing your mom thing. I'm being kind of harsh right now, but you think you're doing the mom thing by asking questions, but you're not you're not clued into what they're saying. Be harsh, sweetie. Well, I just watched. You feel it. very strongly. I feel about very it. strongly because I have no issue with having a phone and texting and talking to your friends and social networking. But when you're asking your child a question, put the damn thing down. All right, and just ne- ask a question. Next clip. Here we go. Hey, you're not watching it. You're in your car and you start going, "Oh no, here it comes <laughs> that I am alone." Like it starts to visit on you. <laughs> you know, just the sadness. Yes. Life is tremendously sad just by you know being in it. And so you're driving, and then you go, uh, that's why we text and drive. I look around, pretty much 100% of people driving are texting. Yes. And they're killing, everybody's murdering each other with their cars. Yes. But people are willing to risk taking a life and ruining their own because they don't want to be alone for a second because it's so hard. I- so. Amen. Yeah. It's true. And once again, you're guilty of that as well. Well, I don't text and drive. Do you text and drive? Sometimes when I am on Interstate 80 in in Nebraska and there's nothing but corn, I absolutely do. I mean, this is going to, people are going to kill me for saying this, but I'm smart about it. Yeah, that does. See, <laughs> doesn't make I sense. don't see you text and drive, but what I do see you do is multitask while you're driving and you'll start driving with your knee. Right. And I will say, give me your phone. I will do that drive. And you'll get annoyed at me for right. saying that. And you have to understand that since this was brought up, that you are not the only person in that car. Right. And you may think you have it together, but if someone sideswipes you, I your know. hands are not on the There's wheel. A lot of people My out children there. are behind me. I am in the car. So. Even though I know in the moment you think I'm somehow ridiculing you, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, protect, protect our safety, us, including you. <laughs> so, um, I, what's interesting about that clip is the uncomfortable feeling he's talking yes, about. Yes, that's the huge thing, and that we all have it. I have it, and we used to not have that because we didn't have a the world at our fingertips. Totally, you were forced to sit there by yourself 
in thought or yeah. absence of thought, whatever it is. It's been a practice for me just recently standing in line getting coffee or sitting in my car waiting to pick up one of my kids to not pick up my phone mm-hmm. or to be walking somewhere and to not be looking at I was just talking to my college students about this, about them practicing it, and they thought I was crazy. They're like, but that's the only time I can look at my phone. I'm like, no, it's not. Right. But it's so hard for me mm-hmm. because it is a little shot of adrenaline. It's I want to see what's going on, who texted me, I have to see right away. So I am just as guilty of this. Um, and then at, after we play this third clip, after we have a discussion, I'm going to give you some steps on how to temper your addiction to your phone. Okay. All right. So last but not least, Louis C.K. on Conan O'Brien, Team Coco. <laughs> so anyway, I started to get that sad feeling. and I was reaching for the phone. Then I said, you know what? Don't. Just be sad. Mm-hmm. Just let the sadness just stand in the way of it and let it hit you like a truck. And I let it come and bruise, and I just started to feel, oh, my God. And I pulled over, and I just cried like a bitch. I cried so much, and, I, and it was beautiful. It was like this beautiful, it was just this, sadness is poetic. You're, you're lucky to live sad moments. And then I had happy feelings because because when you let yourself feel sad, yes. your body has like antibodies. It has happiness that comes rushing in, rushing in to meet the sadness. So you're, I was grateful to feel sad, and then I met it with true, profound happiness. It was such a trip, you know. And the thing is, because we don't want that first bit of sad, yeah. we push it away with like a little phone third <laughs> for the food, and you get you get a little kind of. You never feel completely sad or completely happy. You right. just feel kind of satisfied with your product. Yes. And then you die. So that's why I don't want to get a phone from my kids. That's what I'm- <laughs> okay. What do you think? Well, the most important, there's so much in there and, you know. But what I want to talk about is that moment when we're feeling the sad and we don't want to feel it because we all have this experience. He He's a comedian, but Louis C.K. is a genius because he taps into things with regular language that we're all experiencing. Right. So he can be crass and everything, but I think he's a genius and I think he's very real. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, let me just talk, speak specifically about the experience I had with forgetting to pick up Skylar last week. When you walked in with her and I realized what I had done – the first instinct that our ego wants to do is to either blame or to have an excuse or to just – because you're trying to not feel what just happened. Right. And what the the hardest part is acknowledging and feeling what just happened, if it be a mistake or that someone passed away or that you were just disappointed. It doesn't have to be this mistake in particular. But the leading up to really feeling it, it's almost like about when you're about to throw up. Right. You don't want to, but you know it's what you need to do. Right. And once you go there and you either have the, the feeling and mine comes out in tears and I started to cry, just like he said, it's met with hope. Mm-hmm. It's met with um consoling yourself the beginning of forgiveness and it's like going over a roller coaster mm-hmm. you're leading up to the top and i know it's uncomfortable everybody it doesn't matter what it is and there are times i push it away right. i'm not 100% at this right. but i knew in that situation it was so big for me yeah. that i had to feel it mm-hmm. and the ability to feel it and be in it just like he says allows it to dissipate if you do not allow yourself to feel it it lives in you it just sticks in you like sticky yuckiness. So when when because you, you cried and you were really sad yeah. when this happened, yeah. And I um, once again struggled with what to do. So I just basically we hugged and I was there for you, yeah. but I didn't tell you not to feel that right. way, which is probably 
wouldn't have been the best idea no. because you wanted to feel I needed that to way. Feel you it. needed to feel mm-hmm. that way. But what I wanted to say the whole time, you want to know what I wanted to say? What? Is if one of your friends did this, you'd probably say, you've been doing this whole mom thing for 11 years and you're bound to have a screw up. Right. And that day you had a screw up. Right. And go easy on yourself. Right. It's, there's nothing, everything worked out fine. She never was at a place of not being safe. She right. was, she was at with the school. Teacher. Right. Um, and I didn't say any of these things, but I kind of wanted to, but I knew it wasn't best. If you were to say those things as much as they'd be in a loving place, I wouldn't have ever gotten to the top of that roller coaster to feel the sadness because what you would have been doing to help me feel better and to help you feel better, mm-hmm. because really it's I about, feel like I'm not helping. Right. And you feel un- I, and I feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable because you're, you're crying. And so that's one of the best things that we can give our spouse or our children is be able to hold the space of their and, sadness. And that's what I tried to do. Even you, though it goes great. against my intuition, which is fix this. Right. In, maybe instead of intuition, your old pattern. Okay. Because your intuition my tells intuition you to hold the space. My intuition told me to stop it, right. And so, you you know, with our children, just allow them. And what did I say to you? I said things like, I always make mistakes. I failed. All these things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. But they are that that... That's the, that's the sounds that are going on in my head. And if I don't say them out loud, then they get stuck. And then once they get out, I realize they're not true. Right. And you just allowed me to say all these awful things. And then when I was done, I know that they're not really true. I know that even though it was a failure, right. I know that I'm not a failure person. It was a, it was a, a mistake. mistake. Yeah. And then once I did that, then I could look Skylar in the eye and 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 I was apologizing to her before that, but really be authentic in that I felt this, I know what I did, rather than make up a million excuses. So I guess my, my point is that two things. Number one, the best thing that we can do for ourselves and our overall health is to feel the emotions that come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best thing we can do as a partner is to support them and be in the space of that. And everyone will always say, well, what if it goes on too long? You'll That's where intuition comes in, right. where you'll say, okay, it's time to rein this in. Right. And you kind of did a little of that, like, okay, not stop crying, but you know, you said you're going into child right now. Right. And for those of you that that resonates, it just means that I was starting to think about my own childhood, my right. own losses. You brought your own. I brought stuff. my own baggage to the situation. Because what you like, yeah, you try to be a perfect mom, like most yeah, other moms, and that day you were not perfect, mm-hmm. and you and I don't know what you felt. I can't tell you how you feel. But I felt imperfect, which means I was not valuable. And what you did is you disappointed your daughter. Yes, and which God feels forbid awful. forbid you make a mistake and disappoint your daughter. It feels awful. So anyways, um, we only have a few minutes left, but I want to first talk about Ed Bacon this Thursday. This Thursday, this is it. We've been talking about this for like six months. So this Thursday, Dominican University. It's That's at the fi- October 3rd. October 3rd. It's at the Fine Arts Center right there on campus. It's a small campus at Dominican. You can't miss it. There's going to be lots of signs. 6.30, he's going to talk for an hour. He's going to do question and answer, and he's going to do a book signing. It is free, people. It's free. Ed Bacon lives in California. I don't think he's going to be coming back to do this anytime soon. This mm. is a really wonderful gift and opportunity. He has a new show on OWN called Help Desk where he's working with Deepak Chopra's son and he works with Marianne Williamson and he obviously works with Oprah. And this is a guy who has um, really become a spiritual thinker of our time and I think you'll really enjoy it. It's It's a wonderful opportunity that you should not miss. So again, uh, email us or contact us if you need more info. Um, All right. So finishing up with the addicted technology thing, I found this blog and I'll put it in our show notes. But it was really well written and it talks about the 12 steps to kind of rid yourself of the addiction to technology. And I'm not going to go through 
Um, all of them in detail, but I'm at least going to read what they are. Number one, admit you have a problem. No brainer. Uh, number two, decide decide where to start. So maybe the best time is not to start like on a Tuesday, yeah. just like yesterday. Like yeah. maybe you start on the weekend, or maybe you're going on vacation. And uh, that will make it easier because if you're within the flow of your day-to-day, it'll make it that much harder. So Mm -hmm. number three, set reasonable parameters. That means you're not perfect. Number four, accept withdrawal pains. That's when you like feel like this this feeling that Louis C.K. was just talking about is like this uncomfortable feeling. The resistance. um, That know that that's coming and that's part of your growth to kind of get yourself out of it. Uh, do, Do a reality check. Somebody buzzes you, somebody texts you, you have this adrenaline run like, oh, you can't. You have to see what it is. Right. Unless you're a brain surgeon and you know somebody <laughs> is about to die. And they're on the table. It's right. not that important. Right. And we and I, we all deem these texts or these Facebook uh, as completely important. Totally. And they are not. And we decide. We teach people how to treat us. If you feel like you have to text back two seconds later, people will expect that from you. You bet. You're right. Uh, number six, take personal inventory. Is it a symptom of something else? My mm. my baggage is I'm addicted to productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven. Seven, reconnect with your body. That means just go exercise. Uh, number eight, make, or move. You don't have to exercise. Just right. move. Yeah. Uh, number eight, make amends. Apologize to your family, saying mm-hmm. I have not been available and I am sorry. Mm-hmm. Number nine, set car rules. Out of sight, out of mind. Put your phone in your purse and put your purse right. in your trunk. That's right. You don't need it. Turn on the radio. Turn on the radio. Yeah. Listen to music. Uh, number ten, reintroduce gradually. That means as you get back into it. Like so. In other words, if you're going cold turkey, right? You then know, you obviously need to figure in. out a balance. Eleven, allow for regression, and number twelve, find new normal. And your brain chemistry will change. Right. So, anyways. Well, and that's the thing is that we will say I can't do this, or nobody else does this, or whatever. You have to practice. It's like anything else. It's like I don't believe in diets, but it's like eating well, or exercising, or choosing something healthy for you. It may not feel comfortably initially, but you know it's good. And I got this off a of Huffington Post. It was written by a lady named Adina Kalish Newfield. So thank you, Adina. And we'll have the link on our show notes. So uh, last but not least, I want to talk about uh, Avid painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. And then um, you have two books, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 and Part 2. And Part 2. And um, go ahead and give us a review on um, uh, um, Facebook or no iTunes. iTunes. Who gives us a review? Me? No, you. The, you the, said the I audience. Books. Oh, okay. Yes. Go to iTunes. Give us a review. It helps uh, people see us more when there's more reviews. That's right. And tell a friend about ZenParentingRadio.com. Yeah. We've got a new website coming out soon. It's going to look so good. And right. it's just going to help us so much. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.